Hello there friends, this is Spencer Michaud and today we're going to be doing a very special Scorpio season question and answer session. Hope that you're doing well today on this beautiful Friday fall afternoon. Um, looking forward to spending some time with all of you today. We'll be here maybe a few hours taking questions, chatting, discussing life, sh sharing stories, uh, getting, uh, getting the vibes, the Scorpio vibes, which can be intense. Um, lots of Mars energy. We've got some really interesting astrology in the next few weeks, so I'd be very curious to hear how that's going for you. Um, feel free to put questions in the chat today uh, related to astrology. If you have questions about sports, gardening, life, etc., we're going to explore it through the lens of divination and, and just through um, our intuition today. So do me a huge favor. If you have a question, put it in all caps in the um in the chat box put question in all caps and then your question afterwards and that's going to help me see it I'm just going to welcome a few friends here before we get rolling Stella rendition is here today and Alder already has a question i'll get to that in a second my friend um robin is here hello robin nice to see you rachel fletcher is joining us from roanoke virginia nice to see you rachel uh so love to see all these beautiful people stopping in today Tracy is here, says, hey, Spencer, great to see you. Uh, looking forward to this evening in the UK. Oh, nice. We've got a nice international friend here as well. Reverend Kai is joining in from Kansas. Nice to see you, my friend. Lovely to see all of these smiling faces here in the chat. Um, if you're new here, welcome. This is a kind of a, a little bit of a hangout that we do here on Fridays usually. Uh, do me a huge favor if you're new, please like the video, please subscribe to the channel and to the newsletter. Uh, I give updates on classes, offerings, readings, live streams, new products, new engagements, all of that through the newsletter that you can find at my website, spencermichaud.com or in the description of this video. I also have a beautiful partner who uh, does some very amazing magical work and magical petition offerings, and she has a lot of her Products available at a place called Third Coast Mojo on Etsy. So check that out in the description of this video as well if you need some planetary remediation. Um, there's some really cool Mars stuff in there for protection. There's Venus stuff there if you're needing some help with your Venusian Venus love life or beauty needs or whatnot. Uh, she does really great work and I, I love supporting her and what she does. Um, yeah, we've got the, the Decans of Scorpio is still on sale for 20% off right now. That is one of my flagship offerings as far as one of the the two to three hour webinars that I did that, that utilized the decans and the tarot and the integrative divination that I do on this channel. Uh, that's a great way to support the channel. Uh, I'm of course open for readings and for helping you out along your journey. All sorts of different offerings, including uh, natal readings where we go over your personal mythology. Uh, we have, uh, timing readings, transit readings. It's called a Kairos reading where we're exploring the opportune moment and seeing what's coming up for you in the next three months. Um, we also have things where you can ask me a question. If you've got one particular thing that's on your mind and you'd like to see what the stars and the tarot has to say about it, be happy to work on that with you as well. I'm also a teacher. So if you're wanting to learn more astrology, I do private tutoring sessions as well. Um, and one final little kind of uh, announcement, you know, if you want to make a material donation to the work that we're doing here today, there's a little dollar sign in the chat. It's called Super Chat. 
and a super sticker. We have some amazing, amazingly generous folks in the in the the community here today, and I really want to say that I appreciate all of you. And uh, if you want to support the work I'm doing here today, that really, really does help. So, so thank you so much for the the donations I've received in the in the past, and and for any ones that you feel uh, called to make today and in the future. Uh, let's see, Yevgen is here. Hey, Spencer, how to handle Scorpio season for a night chart? Libra ascendant who progressed in 11 degrees Scorpio. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that in a second. Uh, I I have a, a there's a backlog of questions, so I'll make sure I get to all of these. Tanya says I had a delivery from Tanya. It was amazing. Oh, nice, good. I'm glad that you received uh, your package in the mail and that it has been working out for you. I love that. Uh, Sarah Renee says, Hey, bud, just got home from the picket line from our teacher strike. My kiddo's school. Gonna listen in while I organize notes on the transits for a friend this afternoon. Wow. Okay. Lots of things going on in the collective, right? Um, lots of things in the news. Lots of uh, people speaking up for equal rights. We've got challenges globally. Just a lot to, to process for sure. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah, for the for the super sticker there. I appreciate you. Tracy says that they ordered the fiery wall of protection oil. Very powerful and just what I needed. Oh, good, Tracy. That's one of the Mars oils, Mars and Scorpio oils that Tanya has produced and uh, would be really appropriate for this season. Um, we've had some Mars challenges over the last week. Uh, Tanya and I were uh, in a somewhat of a serious car accident earlier this week. Um, we got rear rear-ended on a kind of a, a highway type, uh, it's sort of a mixture of a ur urban highway type of thing where we were slowing down at a red light and had someone behind us who wasn't paying attention and didn't slow down at all and kind of hit us from behind at about 60 to 70 miles an hour. And um, it was an experience. And uh, I share that because Tanya at the time had Mars conjoining her natal Uranus. So she had Mars at about um, 13 or 14 degrees of Scorpio conjoining her Uranus at 13 or 14 degrees Scorpio as well. And um, I just, uh, it's, it causes you to, to reevaluate some things in your life and um, we're okay. We got some whiplash and Tanya banged her arm pretty bad on the door um, of the car and the, my car is really messed up. So we are in the process of trying to get the car fixed and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, those Mars Uranus transits, they don't mess around. Uh, and I wanted to share that because we have some Mars Uranus oppositions coming in the next few weeks. And it's really important to kind of be, be extra careful. There are certain things that you can't predict when those types of transits happen. And you sort of just have to do the best that you can to weather those challenges and those storms. And, um, and just, uh, it's, it's another opportunity to practice gratitude for the people that you have in your life and the, the blessings that you have. So that's sort of the context of where I'm coming to you today, like kind of grateful to be alive and not, not be hurt and grateful that my partner is, you know, for the most part, okay. Little, a little bit of trauma involved in that. Cause, um, she's been hit by a car in the past. Uh, on a bicycle a long time ago, and uh, that sort of brought up some some memories around that. And uh, yeah, there's there's all sorts of ways that that astrology is going to play out. But don't underestimate Mars Uranus conjunctions, oppositions, things of that nature. 
And how can you be prepared for those things? I think the thing that you can do is slow down. I think that you can uh, make sure you're paying extra special attention to your surroundings. Make sure that you are giving yourself extra space to, to do and get to where you're going. Um, I'm not sure what else we could have done in, in our situation. We were just kind of driving along and paying attention and and following the traffic rules. And it was someone behind us who had this challenge. So uh, you never know. But anyway, uh, thank you so much for the the kind words in the comments here. Um, yeah, just send your send your love and light over here. That's uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it is definitely. I will say this: it happened on uh, Monday, which was the day before Halloween. And one of the things that I think about with Scorpio season is the thinning of the veil, or the or the illusion of the veil between life and death. And that was a moment where uh, I could see the car coming in the back of my rearview mirror. It was coming. It happened so quickly. Everything happened in a moment. But you can kind of. You, that's a moment where you're, you're like, oh my goodness, are we going to make it through this type of deal? And um, you you are closer to the to the the other side, I guess, on some level. And uh, you know, there's a lot of really interesting thoughts that come through that about your own mortality, about appreciating life, and all of those things. So, um, and we are going through that as a collective too, as we witness some of the horrific things happening and playing out in the news as well with the horrible tragedies that are going on in the Middle East and and sometimes feelings of helplessness about how we can uh, make those changes collectively. And I don't have great answers for that. I, I'm, I don't super want to wade into those waters. I just have a lot of empathy for people who are suffering um, in any situation. And a lot of times we have people who are innocent, innocent victims of much larger machinations than and they have control over or, or whatnot. And there's there's always innocence and collateral damage when when people in positions of power are playing playing those types of saber rattling games. Um, so I you know hopefully today we can be a little bit of a beacon a beacon of light, appreciate one another, and uh, just spend some time with one another. You know. Um, okay, I'm just looking through the comments here. Big Steph says, I can hear it in your voice, Spencer. Yeah, I mean, there, there are times in your life where you're just trying to parse it out, right? And uh, you get have a, I, I guess I would consider that a near-death experience. Like things could have gone very differently. We got, we really got hit pretty hard and uh, just one, one little thing different and it could have ended up very, very differently. So uh you do tend to think about your life a little bit differently in those moments and, and the aftermath of them. Um, Tarya is here. says, hi, I might be the only Finnish representative today. I think Susanna is having a gig. Oh, Susanna is out playing her music. Uh, says, your last session took over four hours. <laughs> well, I'd, I don't think I'll be here four hours today. We might be here a couple hours. We'll, we'll spend some time together. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll keep it a little shorter today, Tarya. But I'm glad you're here uh, and representing uh, Finland for us. <laughs> and good luck to Susanna if you're listening after the fact. I hope your gig is going well. Um, Big Steph says, just a sideways step from life into death. Absolutely, Big Steph. This is something we think about in Scorpio season is the 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 moment, the 
the how short these lives are in in the grand scheme of things. Reverend Kai says, "I'm so sorry, sending uh, you both healing. Thank you, Reverend Kai. I appreciate you." Um, okay, so friends, let's lighten the mood a little bit. I just wanted to share that experience because it's Scorpio season, and and again, just a couple dates I want you to keep in mind. And this isn't. I don't want to share this to create fear, but I want I want you to make sure that if there is anything that you can do to be extra careful during Mars transits, especially Mars-Uranus transits, I would highly recommend that. Um, the next Mars-Uranus opposition that we are going to be experiencing is uh, going to be on the 11th, 11-11. So Mars opposite Uranus on the, the uh, November the 11th at 21 degrees of Scorpio and Taurus respectively. Mars at 21 Scorpio, Uranus at 21 Taurus. And I talked a little bit in the astrology of November about possible weather events that might be challenging. And I'll keep you uh, up to date because <laughs> I'm a little nervous about it, to be 100% honest with you, because um, Tanya went through her Mars-Uranus conjunction and we had the car accident. And I'm going to be experiencing Mars conjunct my natal Uranus at 21 degrees of Scorpio in an angular house opposing natal opposing uranus in the sky so i'm a little bit nervous about something happening with the weather in our home or something like that but it's always instructive but send your protective and healing energy this way for that as well because uh one way or the other sometimes uranus sends us surprises and our resiliency is important one of the things to understand about scorpio is there it's an extraordinarily resilient sign it is something where they are completely calm in the face of a crisis. Uh, they are the people that you can count on when the, the shit hits the fan, basically. So how can we become centered when we are dealing with things that are outside of our control and are challenging? Those are questions you can ask yourself during Scorpio season. And how can you offer your help and support to others that may need you during those crisis moments as well? Okay. Let's see. So I'm going to go back to a, a question I had here from Stella Rendition, who was talking about ninth house Pluto in Libra 3. And in my last live stream, I was talking about Pluto as being something that it's important not to ignore in your chart. Uh, Pluto often represents something that has been pushed down below the surface. We have we have um, Hades in Greek mythology as kind of a, a representative of those of the planetary motifs of Pluto, who is the lord of the underworld. And oftentimes in those stories, Pluto or Hades would erupt from underneath the ground. And there's a story of an abduction of Persephone and things of that nature. So oftentimes Pluto issues in our life will erupt like a volcano to be dealt with they're simmering underneath the surface especially if we if we ignore them for too long um you know you can see this collectively too right now pluto is in capricorn and we are dealing with the repercussions of ignoring some challenges in the way we govern around the world right now and seeing some really awful tragedies perpetrated by various governments around the world uh, we're dealing with this as a collective in the United States as well, with the the, um, the way we deal with wealth inequality and governance here. 
and having to deal with some of those challenges. So it's important for us to take a look at Pluto placements within our chart and say, how can we bring these things to the light so that they don't become this volcanic nuclear type explosion in our life when the pressure uh, can no, no longer be suppressed? So Stella, you, so we're looking at Pluto and Libra 3. Um, I have Pluto and Libra 2, so I, I understand this territory a little bit. I think that Pluto and Libra asks us to be very conscientious about the agreements that we're making with one another, the way that we maintain harmony and equilibrium and balance within our life. Uh, in my own experience in with Pluto and Libra 2, the second decan of Libra, which is more associated with oaths and contracts and agreements. I've had multiple situations in my life where I've had a, a lot of power struggles about agreements, like for uh, like a like like I I had a, a a a broken relationship earlier in my life where we had to do a lot of litigation around um, a shared custody type of thing. So you you could see like by repressing that and having power struggles play out within that um, there's a regeneration that happens around that uh, I also had a um, a number of divorces in my in my early childhood so like five different step parents and things like that um, where there was a lot of change that happened through my viewpoint of what is a commitment, what constitutes a, a balanced arrangement, an agreement, a marriage, etc. So for for Pluto and Libra three, Libra three is more related to how do we restore right proportion and maintain harmony after we have negotiated an agreement. How do we maintain our inner peace? even when there are imbalances and chaos raging around us. So Stella, I would say for Pluto in your ninth house, there may be some challenges around, like she, she was uh, talking about um, wanting to take all these classes, like with the ninth house being related to higher education. So that's one manifestation, right? Like maybe having to deal with an imbalance around how you pursue higher education. Could also be related to having some really imbalanced uh, experiences in related relation to orthodox belief systems or religious organizations. I don't know if you're raised in a religious household or something of that nature, but there could be something like that that could play out. Their ninth house is also related to the legal system and the law, so there may be things that you may have to deal with in regards to that as well. So always want to see it in context of the rest of the chart. And you, Stella was saying that they have Jupiter and Saturn there as well. So those things are also going to be playing out. Um, but I think that if you, here's what I will say about the Pluto part of that Stella. Libra 3 requires us to find the hub of the wheel. And what I mean by that is to find our calm, peaceful center when there are chaotic things raging around us. So Pluto will ask you to, to do that, to create positive change in your life. If you can continually rely on external situations to find peace, 
that's when you'll start to to get backed up like a like a clogged toilet i i think of pluto energy as like the plumber that unclogs the toilet and uh that can be really messy it can be really difficult so really pay attention to how you can create peace through whether it's through education the law how you relate to your spirituality uh, see if you can can connect with your own peaceful center and bring that energy to the situations rather than constantly needing to pursue an externally balanced situation that is almost impossible to find consistently. So I hope that answers that question for you, Stella. That's a good question. So I'm going to come down and look at the chat here. Sometimes I'll have to catch up. Uh, Robin says they have Pluto and Libra too as well. Well, tell me your experience, Robin. Did you did you have examples of broken agreements and, and challenges when you were growing up or in your in your um, in your adulthood? Those are things that that we can look to as a generation. Like there's a lot of divorce with kids in the early 80s. Um, and I think that a lot of us experience broken homes and and it's played out in our lives in various ways. Big stuff 63 says Pluto Uranus conjunction in Libra here. Pluto to me can be ex can to me, can exhume some fossilized crap if you accept it. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, we can we can dig things up that we've long since ignored and forgotten. Sometimes it's buried treasure. Pluto also was a god of wealth uh, in Roman and Greek mythology. So yes, that we can find gifts if we're willing to to shine light in the darkness and, and go into the depths. We're going in. We're going to go into the depths a little bit here today. It's Scorpio season. We, this one thing that I have learned about Scorpio friends and Scorpio season is they don't mess around with superficialities. Like we're <laughs> we're done with that, right? So it's time to get to 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 kind of wade through the, the the sewer tunnels of our life and get real a little bit. That's that's some of the things that we do during Scorpio season. Tracy says, question, I have Mars, Uranus, conjunction natally in Leo with Venus in the 11th house. I have Jupiter at 23 Scorpio, second house, and the moon 22 degrees Aquarius. So I will certainly work uh, in balance for the 11th. Any thoughts? Um, okay, let me think. Mars, Uranus, conjunct in Leo in the 11th with Venus. Jupiter and Scorpio in the second with the moon in Aquarius. Well, Mars Uranus natally can can lead to a little bit of an erratic energy, you know, like where there's a little bit of inconsistency in the way that you direct your will. It can also be that there are misfortunes that can come to you sort of out of the blue every once in a while, too. Mars in traditional astrology tends to be thought of as a planet that brings us challenging circumstances. It's a planet that severs and separates. It is a planet, it is a violent planet. It is a planet that um, speaks to misfortune that is not always necessarily uh, our own fault. And I say that because it is it is part of the lunar sect or the, the, the team of planets that are related to the moon. In Hellenistic astrology, Venus, Mars, and the moon were all part of a planetary team. And the moon is related to a concept called tuke or fortune. So the Mars was a planet of malus tuke or bad fortune. 
Uh, so, so oftentimes when we have Mars Uranus in a chart in the 11th house here, sometimes there could be challenges that come to you through groups that you associate with, through people, maybe your community. I would imagine that with Mars and Uranus in Leo, in the 11th house, there may have been some challenges and maybe your early experience fitting in with uh, your, your classmates or something like that, or feeling uh, a little bit like an outsider within that. Although you do have some other testimonies that could smooth that out eventually with Venus here. Um, it could also be in Leo that some of the violence or, or challenges that come through to you through authority figures as well, where maybe there's an authority figure because we're thinking about Leo as the house of the sun, sun associated with authority figures. Uh, it could be that, that there is unexpected changes uh, in your relationship to authority figures that come on suddenly and unexpectedly and maybe through through a group setting um and all of that square jupiter in scorpio can it, it depends on what is what jupiter is hosting uh, if if your rising sign is libra which i think it is by whole sign if i'm if you're assessing your chart by whole sign instead of Placidus, then I'm, I'm just doing this in my head, which is harder than looking at the chart. But we, let's see, so we'd have a third house ruling, Sagittarius would be the third house, and Pisces would be the, the sixth house. So we have a third house, sixth house, Jupiter hosting Scorpio. So there may be some need to dive into the depths of your financial situation. You may have, uh, you, so, so Jupiter in the third decan of Scorpio gives you a little bit of protection um, when you are going into difficult situations or like dealing with seedy people or things of that nature. Okay, so this, is, this could be something where you, you benefit from working with people that may not be always above board on some level, and you have to be careful about that. Uh, and with the squares to Mars, Venus, and Uranus, um, that could be another situation that could could lead to some challenges in your life, um, Tracy, with with the the squares there. Uh, so, I think with Jupiter in in Scorpio, it it allows you to to understand how the, the, the darker side of life can work and to be able to come out of the, some really intense experiences a little bit more unscathed than some other people might. It, there is a lucky influence with that. And some of those things might come also through third house, you know, everyday experiences, siblings, et cetera, and like health issues and things of that nature with it hosting the sixth house as well. The other thing you'll you'll see is that Mars is in the overcoming square to Jupiter in your chart, uh, which is a difficult position in Hellenistic astrology, but also Venus is in the overcoming square, which helps. So it's a mixed bag is what I'll say. And then, yeah, with the, the Aquarius moon part, that's everything's kind of T-squared. So this could also be, uh, could lead to a desire to leave a certain situation. Uh, Aquarius 3 is about kind of stepping out into the unknown, maybe living in a place that you 
are foreign to. That could be also an experience like that, or you feel like a stranger, either within your own body or within the place that you live. So let me know, Tracy, if, that, if that's resonating for you. Uh, Big Stuff 63 says, buried treasure under the shit. Yes, I am an eighth house Scorpio son. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, this is the thing where we are in the period of the, the time of year where we are dealing with decay in the Northern Hemisphere. So we are dealing with having to accept death. Uh, we had a big frost here the other day and all of the, the late season, beautiful flowers from Libra season that have been hanging on in my yard just instantly died. We had a really big freeze and everything just, you know, everything just went away. All the leaves just fell off in like one night and it was, you were, you were like, yep, it's Scorpio season now. Like this is the time where we're accepting that there is decay and, but hopefully coming into the alignment with the faith. Okay. Sometimes Scorpio is associated with faith as well. And it's the faith that, that eventually form and growth will return, that the spring will return. So I did some physical labor yesterday. You know, I have a kind of a big parking lot in the back of my yard. This house we live in used to be rental. And so they paved a bunch of stuff. And we have a bunch of maple trees back there that shed all their leaves. So I did some raking and I, uh, I raked the leaves off of the pavement into the, into the, the margins. I've been encouraging people to leave the leaves. You don't necessarily have to rake them up or chop them up. Sometimes the leaves are, are necessary to provide future sustenance and nu nutrients. Also, those leaves can also be places where beneficial insects and, and uh, butterflies and moths can overwinter and be reborn in the spring. So I'm encouraging people to leave the leaves and, uh, you know, I had to get them off of the pavement though, so that they didn't rot on the pavement and block the big drain that's there. Uh, but there's all sorts of different ways to, to come into alignment with this season. Uh, let's see, Stella says, ah, I get it. So this is in relationship, I think, to the Pluto and Libra we were talking about. On the way I use my learning is to help my friend, me find and utilize tools to help me stay balanced in the chaos that tends to be around me, which occurs often because of my Mars Uranus moon dynamic. Oh, good, Stella. So there we go. We have, we have some, some good connections there for sure. Yeah, that's really the key is, is your inner work, your inner calmness and peace can help restore balance to a situation. That's, that's the main lesson I've learned having, I have the part of spirit in, in the third 10 degree section of Libra. And oftentimes I've heard other astrologers, I can't remember exactly who this was, but they were saying that uh, we are part of spirit, which is a, is, a, is a lot that is calculated by the distance of the sun to the moon and then vice versa, whether you're a day or a night chart, is oftentimes the qualities of that sign or decan are, are how we react when we are meeting our fate, when we're meeting an important moment in our lives. And... I have noticed that when there are really, really important decisions or events in my own life, two things happen. One, I get really quiet. I get really like like the Four of Swords card. I get in that peaceful pose. I, this happened to me when my when I got the news that my mother passed away last year. As I I kind of doubled over for a minute in shock, 
And then I immediately just sat down in like a meditative pose. And I was there for like 30 minutes. I was, I just went to a very quiet place and was centering myself. And it was, it was automatic. It wasn't even something I was intending. I just, just happened. And um, this is something I would highly recommend when you are dealing with those placements for sure. Tracy says, yes, so helpful. Jupiter helps me to see that and, and protective. So true, mixed bag. Yes, Aquarius, I'm living in a strange place now. Same country, but no friends here. So helpful. Thank you, Smith. Oh, thanks, Tracy. Well, I'm sorry that it's difficult connecting. I, I feel this a little bit myself. Since the pandemic, I've been much more isolated uh, than, than I used to be. Um, a lot of it through, through my own choice, but just the circumstances as well. And it can be difficult to connect. Um, this is why I like doing this work here too, because we can we can connect with one another uh, through the safety of our own homes, through the international airwaves, and uh, hopefully provide a little oasis in our day. And uh, this is why this is a place to me for everyone. Like I, I, I really try to keep this a sacred sanctuary. Um, we have people from all over the world. We have people from all over the United States and Canada, uh, Europe, etc. And people are welcome here. As long as you're kind to one another, um, you're welcome here. And uh, hopefully this is a little break in your day while you're cleaning or cooking or, or just experiencing the birds outside your window. And uh, hopefully we'll, we're bringing you a little bit of companionship uh, along the way as well. Julene says, hey, Spencer, hope all is well with you this week. Uh, popping in to say, you are right again. Congrats on your series prediction. My analysis was wrong and clearly biased. Uh, Julene is referring. Thank you, Julene. And yeah, we're doing okay here. If you just popped in, we uh, this it's a little bit of a somber moment today because we're kind of recovering from sort of the shock of being in a some semi-serious car accident earlier this this week. But uh, so that's Scorpio season, and we've been talking about Mars-Uranus conjunctions today. But yes, Julene, on a lighter note, uh, what Julene's referring to is that I have a method for predicting the outcomes of championship games in particular in, in major sporting events. Uh, I use the nodes of the moon, the north and south node, uh, as well as other testimonies. And I've been on a little bit of a, a streak here predicting these games. Um, I, about three weeks ago, when the playoffs were just beginning and when there were eight teams still left, I did predict that the Texas Rangers would be the World Series champions. Um, and I did this without watching, and I'm going to admit this, I did this without watching a single baseball game the entire season. If you had asked me to name a player on the Texas Rangers before the playoffs, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I admit ignorance in that. But what I will say is I do trust my technique and I do trust the chart. The chart never lies. And I saw some patterns in Bruce Bochy's chart, the manager of the Texas Rangers. In particular, he had uh, an Aries sun conjoining the North Node, in a transiting North Node in Aries during the World Series. And that looked very auspicious for him. And there were a couple other testimonies as well that you can check out on the Astrology of Sports on the Nightlight Astrology channel um, if you want to check out the latest uh, you can find that. There's also a link to that in the um, my guest appearances. Uh, what is it? The little folder on my YouTube channel here. And uh, I did 
not get the loser correct. I predicted the Atlanta Braves would lose. Although what I will say in my defense is that they did lose. They just lost earlier than anticipated. The, the sun on the south node technique, it did work, but it just happened a few more weeks before. Um, one other little side note, if you look through that, at about minute 53, I talked about the tarot. And I, I always do multiple divina, divinations for things. I, I look at a chart, and then I do a tarot spread. Sometimes I'll do an I Ching, because I feel like there are threads that I'm looking for throughout all that. And I did tarot spread for those, those teams as well. And I got the Emperor for the Texas Rangers, which was the most powerful positive card in the in the chart or in the spread of all eight teams. I got uh, and and the only other good cards were for the twins, which had the the uh, four of wands upright and for the Arizona Diamondbacks, which had the king of swords upright and the twins won a, won a playoff game, which was very exciting for their franchise and their fans who hadn't won something in a long time. But the four of wands talks about a temporary celebration, which isn't necessarily long lasting, which played out. Um, but I thought it was very interesting that the, I did say that the Diamondbacks might make some noise, but I didn't have the, the intestinal fortitude to pick them as the, uh, the secondary participant in the World Series at that time. Um, but the tarot was right. They, they, it, it pointed towards the Emperor and the King of Swords for both the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. And, and in that case, I would pick the trump card over the court card as far as being in a stronger position. You can see that those two cards actually have very similar energies, though. Um, and in hindsight, that would make sense. Uh, so, so I want to show you these cards because this is this is instructive. And I often will do tarot for sporting events, although it can be a little bit deceptive. There is there are some times where the tarot will speak towards a person's personal experience rather than something in their sporting life. Uh, it is pretty good for predict, predicting injuries, though, I will say that. Uh, I will also say this. The day of the car accident, uh, I pulled the tower card. And for those of you who are tarot aficionados, the tarot cards associated with Mars, um, I have seen the tarot card, the tower card come up for injuries in major sporting events often when I'm doing like fantasy football and I'm pulling a card to see who's going to do well in a certain week. If I get the tower, I'm like, oh, shit, they're probably getting hurt. So that was really, that was interesting that that played out in that day. So look at these two cards. So, so this is the, the, the emperor and the king of swords. Look at how they have similar positions on the throne and are facing one another. So, so these were the two cards I picked for the World Series participants. Um, and of course, I, I do feel like the emperor being a, a in the major arcana has a little bit more strength than the king of swords, but just very fascinating to see how they're, they're, they're both facing, they're both facing straightforward. They're both seated on the throne, which could suggest being empowered. Oh, but yes, thanks, Julie. And I, I'm pretty excited about the method working out because the Rangers were heavy underdogs. They weren't favorites going in. They, uh, I believe Kip pointed out that they were plus 490 or something in the gambling line. I don't know much about that, but he was pointing out they were pretty heavy underdogs, which we discussed that if the Rangers came through, that would be a pretty, a, a pretty amazing feather in the cap of the technique 
working uh, because it, it would be not maybe something that a lot of people would think about as as working out. So there's my little mini victory lap, I guess. <laughs> I'll try not to belabor it, but um, it is fun when you get these things correct. And I, I always feel good when the astrology works. Um, and a lot of it is just happiness at seeing the method play out and trusting the chart and seeing that a method that you are committed to continues to work. Uh, Tracy says, do you have hedgehogs in the leaves? You know what, Tracy? We don't have hedgehogs here in Michigan. Um, that would be amazing because they are amazing little creatures and it would be so adorable if we did have hedgehogs. But um, we do have squirrels. We have uh, chipmunks. Um, I have groundhogs that really are very active um, in my area. And we have skunks. And we will have an occasional badger every once in a while. And they're different than the Eurasian badgers. The American badger is a little bit, uh, doesn't have as long of a snout. They got a little bit of a stubbier face. But uh, yeah, there's all sorts of creatures, though, in, in that, that will utilize the leaves and the brush that remain as a home that will keep them warm and keep them safe and beneficial insects and, and moths and, and things of those natures that are, that are pollinators that, that are really important for the health of our ecosystem moving forward. And there's a, a woman on Instagram that I follow. Her name is, uh, uh, her handle is Black Forager and she's from Ohio and, and has some really great information on how to live closer to nature and, and foraging and things of that nature. And um, she was talking about leaving the leaves isn't going to kill your grass either. Actually, it, it makes it healthier. <laughs> so uh, I, I would highly recommend removing as much grass as you can with native pollinator plants. Um, but if you need some, some lawn and you're worried about leaving the leaves, if you need a little bit of turf to, to play on for the grandkids or whatnot, uh, it's not going to harm the grass. In fact, it might make it healthier. Okay. Rachel says... Oh, forgot you were already live. We moved to daylight savings time last weekend. Yeah, don't forget that here in America, we're going to fall back on Sunday at 2 a.m. So that, that, that can always trip up us in the astrological community at times. Uh, autumn evenings, greetings from Ireland, oasis and warm heart, heart of my Friday. Well, nice to see you, Rachel. We're just kind of getting, getting into the depths of Scorpio here and uh, answering any questions you might have about astrology, sports, and otherwise. Uh, Julene says, oh no, I hope you're okay. Sorry to hear that. How scary. Yes, it was. We, we, if you were just joining us, Tanya and I had a, had a, uh, a car accident earlier in the week that was coincided with a Mars-Uranus conjunction in Tanya's chart. And um, we're okay, but we're pretty shook, shook up and there's a lot of damage to my vehicle. So just a, a PSA, be very careful during Mars-Uranus transits for sure. Uh, no Name is here, says Ascendant 28 degrees Scorpio. Sun conjunct Venus and Cancer in the 8th house, square Pluto and Libra in the 10th, trine retro Uranus and Scorpio in the 11th house. Man chart, what will be about love? Oh boy. Let me, let me parse that out. No name, that's a lot. Okay, Scorpio rising. Uh, let's see. Sun conjunct Venus and Cancer in the eighth, squaring Pluto and Libra, trying retrograde. So Scorpio rising would make your 
seventh house, Taurus. So what you'd want to do to look for relationship things is you'd look for the ruler of Taurus, which would be Venus in your case. So in your case, you have Venus and Cancer in the eighth house, conjunct the sun, square Pluto in the 10th house. Um, now, if you are a Scorpio rising, I use whole sign houses. So I would, I would say that in a Scorpio rising chart in whole sign, that that eighth house Venus Sun conjunction would be square Pluto and Libra in the twelfth house. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, that's interesting. You must live at a very. Uh, do you live at a very um, northern or southern latitude with having the tenth house be Libra in um, in a in a Scorpio rising chart? Uh, we'll have to see there. Let me see if there there was a lot of that was a little bit of a confusing comment. No name. I'm trying to parse out. Hopefully, I got the details correct. But what I'll say is that Venus right now, just in the sky right now, Venus is in its fall in Virgo, and it's about to move into its its home domicile of Libra uh, in the next week or two. So your love life might improve in the next week or two if you're having some difficulties right now. Uh, Oftentimes, the placement of the ruler of the seventh house can show us what we might desire within a relationship. So with Venus and Cancer in the eighth house, there's probably a desire to, to create a sense of home and family, um, but also a, a desire for a deep, deep psychological merging to, to be able to take care of one another, maybe even a desire for shared merging resources with someone else. Um, it's always a, a, an interesting way to look at what we might need in a relationship. But try not to get involved in, in power struggles where one party is manipulating the other and manipulating them through money also. So if you get in a relationship, try not to get in it for the wrong reasons or let a, an imbalance in a power dynamic uh, lead you down a, a, the wrong path. So I hope that was helpful for you. Rachel says, glad to hear, hear and see that you are well, Spencer. I'm sure it takes more time for the shock to even out. Take it easy for the weekend. Yeah, it does. It does take some time. Um, beyond the psychological challenges and the physical, you know, like sore necks and bruised arms and things like that, um, it just creates a lot of work for you, like dealing with insurance and bureaucracy and um, our car might be a total loss well we're still getting an assessment on that um so we'll see so yes there's there's fallout from an experience like that but i'm i am grateful for the two of us being relatively unscathed physically and uh that we came out of it i don't know just appreciating each other and, and appreciating life Big stuff 63 says, I would, th I think you would enjoy his work is what I meant to say. Who are we referring to? Um, big stuff, who, whose work are we referring to? Uh, oh, Michelle, thank you so much for the super sticker. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Michelle, and, and your consistency and your generosity. It really does. I notice and it, it really does help. So I appreciate you. Michelle says, what happened? I'm kind of being in late. Um, 
sorry to belabor this for those of you who are listening from the beginning, but um, Tony and I had a, a, a car accident this week and uh, we're rear-ended at about, uh, while we were slowing down to a stoplight, a car came at about 60 or 70 miles an hour and crashed in the back of us without braking at all and uh, banged us up pretty bad. So we're recovering from that mentally, emotionally, physically, etc. But finding gratitude within the, the process. Uh, Jillian says, that's amazing. I'll keep watching and learning from you. Okay, good, good, good. Um, Tari has a question. Mars Kazemi is so interesting and rare. Is there any meaning that it happens in opposition to Algol? <sighs> wow, yeah. So let's unpack that. It's a good question, Tarya. Mars is going to be moving into conjunction with the sun, the, into the heart of the sun. I'm going to pull up a chart for this because this is uh, this is an interesting one, Tarya. So let's let's look at the chart for this. One moment. So here is a chart, and I will let's go to the Mars Kazemi. This is going to be happening at 25 degrees of Scorpio on November the 17th. And uh, the question is, is, is this, is Algol play a part in this? So here's our conjunction. And Algol is down here at 25 degrees of Taurus. So technically in opposition to that fixed star. Um, if you're, if you're unfamiliar with what a Kazemi is, it's when a planet is said to be renewed in the heart of the sun as it makes its conjunction. So we're going to be looking at a rebirth of sorts for martial activities, uh, especially related to both the Scorpio area of our life and to the Aries area of our life, Aries topic. Um, we, we also could see some other challenges or significations related to Leo because the sun is involved here as well. Uh, I saw a really good comparison like in the last week or two about an old soldier who had, who was retiring and a new soldier being called upon to, to go to war or go to battle. So this might be the type of experience where you're retiring one, an old, an old, um, an old battle and you're getting some insight into what the new experience might be that you may have to tap into martial energy for. Uh, so as far as op opposing algal, in my, my practice, I tend to look mostly at conjunctions of planets and fixed stars. I do know that there are astrologers out there who look at aspects to the fixed stars, oppositions, squares, etc., um, but if we're thinking about activating Algol, Algol is a planet, or I'm sorry, is a fixed star that is in, uh, the, the kind of the Medusa constellation, right? The, um, where we see her blinking eye. It's, it is a binary star that gets eclipsed. It's a red eclipsed, red blinking eclipsed star that blinks in and out of existence 
It's very malefic. It's very challenging. Um, historically, uh, the Chinese would call it, or the they called Chinese astrologers would call it the piled up corpses. Um, it has also been given a little bit of a makeover in recent years about related to uh, feminine empowerment. So we could see it in that regard as well. Um, so if we think of the Mars Kazemi opposite that star, maybe there is a new uh, way, maybe there's a new conflict that we have to rise to challenges to. Maybe it is through, uh, it, it is trying to take into account feminine issues as well. Like the story of Medusa is that she, one story, one version of the story of Medusa is that she was, it was raped in a temple uh, and was uh, in one version of the story punished by the gods for, you know, desanctifying that area, even though it wasn't her fault. Uh, there's other versions of the story that say that Athena gave her the power to to protect herself against her attackers. So we could see something being ignited with an opposition around feminine empowerment issues um, around the Kazemi potentially and some challenges to that. I know in America we've, we have uh, abortion rights uh, challenges that we're experiencing like with like the Supreme Court and various states trying to take those rights away uh, from women. And I believe that there are some votes that are coming up with that. So that could be part of that potential opposition challenge and a new fight that is coming up potentially. So I hope that was helpful. Um, really powerful Kazemi though. This is this is first time we've seen Mars Kazemi and Scorpio, I believe. We talked about this last week, I believe since 1991. We've had these Kazemis in Libra for quite a few years in a row or quite a few Kazemis in a row, I guess. It does, I don't think it happens every year. Um, and that's been a little bit chaotic because when a, when a planet like Mars, a malefic, is in its exile or fall, ancient astrologers would, would consider it a little bit more erratic, right? Where here, it's, this is very powerful Mars, for better or for worse. I, I don't always think that Mars in Scorpio or Capricorn or, or Aries doesn't mean that planet's going to do good necessarily. If, if I guess if we have it natally, Mars in, in a night chart, if it's in one of those domiciles, can bring us benefits through difficult circumstances. Like Robert Schmidt would call it a, uh, a functional benefic, where it, let's say you have Mars and Scorpio in a night chart, you may benefit from someone else's misfortune. Okay, So that's something to keep in mind. But if it's in a day chart, it, it oftentimes it can just be a very powerful malefic presence. So if you're looking at your day chart and you're like, oh, wow, I got Mars and Scorpio in the 12th house or something like that, that could just be a really powerful enemy, secret enemy. Or Mars in the 7th house in a day chart could be a really powerful, uh, you know, open enemy, etc. Mars in the 6th house could be a powerful illness, something of that nature. So so just be careful about how we think about dignity and 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 how it plays out in our life. Because just because a planet is dignified does not mean that it is bringing us good fortune, especially the malefic planets. Okay. Yes, Tracy. Yes, Tracy. We, 
I would love if we had hedgehogs here. I, I, I would freak out if I saw a hedgehog in my backyard. That would be incredible. I had a um, experience with a musician from Australia. For, for those of you who remember the musician Gautier in that song back a few years ago, somebody I used to know, and I'm like, dude, but you didn't have to cut me off, you know. Uh, that one, uh, now you're just somebody that I used to know. Well, he, he came to my hometown here of Ypsilanti, Michigan, and I ended up having an experience where I saw him and his band just kind of playing frisbee outside the venue beforehand and uh, just kind of went up to him and was like, hey, how's it going? Like, uh, you're, uh, you're Wally, right? You know, Wally DeBacker is his real name. And just had a nice chat with him and he's like, you know, I was mind if we join in in your Frisbee game? <laughs> we played some Frisbee with uh, Gautier and he let us in the, the back, uh, back way and we got in before the rest of the general admission. And he asked us to hang out with him after the show, which was pretty, very cool. And one of the things I noticed is that he was very, very taken aback by squirrels. Like he was like, we do not have squirrels in Australia and this is amazing. And for those of us in North America, squirrels are just so ubiquitous that we take them for granted. But he was just, his mind was blown by how, how the antics of a squirrel. And I can only imagine like maybe Americans being able to see a little hedgehog, <laughs> our, little, our little brains exploding from seeing something that, that cute in our, in our backyard. Okay, Tracy says, America for shock, as you no doubt know. Um, I mean, yes, like we're going through them right now. I think we'll see. Um, I, I'm pretty, pretty, I am not super looking forward to this 11-11 day. Like this is, this is one that's on my radar, friends. Just, and it's important not to, to get too afraid of these things, but this is one of the things in, in astrology that we really astrologers their 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 ears and eyes perk up when they see Mars Uranus oppositions. So this this is something where we have a really really powerful Mars heading into the Kazemi, opposing Uranus. Um, this is something where we may experience a misfortune due to to circumstances that are greater than us that, that through hubris that are outside of our control. So whatever happens around this period of time. It's important to to understand that sometimes some of these things are unavoidable, like weather events. Uh, and how do we maintain our composure while we're dealing with these things? And we can prepare as much as we can. Like for example, if you you know if you know that you're in a place that's susceptible to extreme weather, make sure you have an emergency plan. Make sure you have emergency supplies or backup power sources or things of that nature. Give yourself extra space during a Mars Uranus opposition. If you have the the choice to stay home during that day, I, it wouldn't be the 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 most. Um, it wouldn't be the. It would be a, potentially a wise choice to make. Although, like I said, when it's a weather event, it's hard to avoid these things completely. Um, but know what your plan is in advance, with within reason. Okay, like. You can be prepared as much as you, you can be, you can feel like you're completely prepared for something, 
but a, a Mars Uranus aspect can surprise us. So one of the things that I will say about when we see things like this is I'm going to compare it to my experience earlier with the being able to see a vehicle in my rear view mirror come at me at 70 miles an hour. In the moment, you don't have a lot of time to think about it. Um, the worst thing that you could do when you see that is tense up. Like if I had just like tensed up and like slammed on my brake or something or tried to do something, the tension could have made the, the, the damage to my body much worse. Uh, I My stepdad was a police officer and he had a similar experience where he saw someone coming up behind him and rear-ended him, similar to like the experience that I, I had. And he tensed up and he put his, he like, put his foot down and it, it tore his knee up really bad. And he had, he had to have a knee replacement later in life and had really a lot of knee problems. So through when we see things like this coming astrologically and otherwise, we need to be fluid. We need to be adaptable. We need to not have a hard line, rigid stance about something because we're going to need to be flexible. So if you can allow for flexibility within your schedule, within your life, within your mindset, you'll be as prepared as you can be for these types of events that, that inevitably will come. So, so there's like this old adage about if you're going to fall off a horse, you know, don't go rigid, like just, just go limp. And, and I don't know if that necessarily works or not, but I do think that when we tense up, when we are anticipating negative events, that can make the experience of it even, even worse. So we have to sometimes flow, flow through these changes. Dina Moskowitz is here, says, take homeopathic Arnica six times for the trauma of the car accident. That's good advice, Dina. We do have some Arnica gel that we got for Tanya's arms. Her arm's pretty bruised up, so we've been using that, but that's good advice for getting through the traumatic part of it. Thank you. Tari says, thank you. Love your insights as always. Oh, thanks, Tari. I'm glad that we're, we're providing some value for you today. Oh, yes, we have a number of people talking about Arnica. Tracy says, Arnica, homeopathic remedy for shock to help with shock trauma. Very useful for your energy body. Yeah, so multiple people talking about Arnica today. So that might be something to stock up on before this Mars Uranus transit so that you can relax into whatever is going to happen. And again, it doesn't mean that some serious life-changing event is going to happen for you. Oftentimes these things will pass without incident. That being said, if you if this is going to be angular for you, like in over the first and seventh house or tenth and fourth house axis, you oftentimes will feel it very personally. I happen to have this in the tenth and fourth house, and it is activating natal Uranus in my chart at 21 degrees of Scorpio. So I'm but there's probably something that I will have to deal with with this, uh, and I'll keep you in, in the loop. But um, send your loving, healing light and protection to us in the next few weeks here, because that's a little bit of a gnarly one. Julian says, 70 miles an hour. My goodness, that could have just been physically devastating. Indeed, Julian, we, we probably had some some protective spirits around us that day that we were able to walk away from that. Um yeah, it was it was it was intense. It was an intense day, and um, I don't leave the house that much that often anyway. So it was equally challenging for me uh, 
because we were basically just taking my car out to make sure that it wasn't sitting for a long period of time. And we were getting some medical attention that we needed. Uh, and my insurance wasn't taking my, the place we went initially wasn't taking my insurance and we had to drive much further afield to get the medical attention that we were seeking. And I ended up having to drive home during rush hour, which, which we had not planned on doing. I specifically set up our appointments so that we didn't have to drive during rush hour. And through multiple circumstances, that's just where we ended up. Um, okay, let me see here. Michelle says, I don't see this transit in my chart. Is, is, this, is this mundane? Our charts don't always mirror the mundane transits, right? Yeah, we're talking about Mars opposing Uranus in the mundane transits happening on November the 17th, Michelle, um, and kind of talking about how not to, to brace for it, uh, how to flow through those changes and try to uh, prepare as much as you can with, within reason without going overboard. Because oftentimes those, those aspects will pass without incident if it's not in an angular house. Uh, it could be something minor, uh, but, but you do want to maybe create some space in your life in that particular uh, day. Uh, for you, Michelle, you're Capricorn rising, so that's going to be happening over your 11th and 5th house axis. So there could be something unexpected, some unexpected conflict regarding a group that you're a part of, uh, maybe even something regarding your your kids or your with your personal creativity or something of that nature. So just um, keep an eye out for that. Tarja T is here. Greetings from Finland. So you're not alone, Tarja E. Tarja E and Tarja T, you're both here from Finland today. Love love our Finnish, Finnish faction is <laughs> coming in today. All right, friends, let's uh, let's take a little stretch break here. We're at about the hour mark or so. Make sure that if you're listening along that you're moving your body, stretching out. Uh, do me a huge favor. If you're enjoying the work that I'm doing here today, please uh, like that video for me. That helps with the algorithm and gets our, our face out more to more people out in the world. Please subscribe to the channel if you're new. We do these live streams usually once a week, on, usually on Fridays, Friday afternoons where we talk about the lunations, the full moons, the, uh, the new moons, and the astrology surrounding all of that. Take your questions. Um, we do the astrology of the month one week, and then sometimes we do a Q&A for each season. Uh, so if you subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification bell, you can know when we're going to go live. Sometimes it changes just a little bit based on my schedule. Um, and please sign up for the newsletters, the Spencer Michaud Astrology Newsletter and the Third Coast Mojo newsletter where you can find my partner Tanya Andrews magical products and offerings on her Etsy account as well. Okay. If you're enjoying this time offering today, you can make a material donation if you are so able uh, with a little dollar sign in the chat there. It's called Super Chat or Super Sticker. We've had some wonderful, generous donations already today. I appreciate you. Um, and I appreciate the folks that are contributing intellectually with their comments and just by their presence here today. That is that is a gift as well. Um, you can also buy me coffee at buymecoffee.com or a great way to support my work is to either purchase some of my webinars. My Deccan webinars are on sale right now. The Deccans of Scorpio are on sale for 20% off or schedule a reading. 
uh, always love connecting with you and um, being able to get to know you better through your chart and through spending some some face-to-face -face time on on zoom and and um, really getting a little bit more of that intimate connection for sure stellar transition says mars kazemi is angular for me as well and conjunct my natal uranus too oh boy what's uh so stella just we just did your chart what was your rising sign again stella libra in the night so this is in the 10th for you right so mars kazemi in the 10th conjunct uranus so maybe some changes with your job unexpectedly or uh you know a new start in your career maybe there's something that you're pursuing in that regard for tanya and i we've been making a lot of changes and plans about our living situation we live in a duplex right now and we've been trying to make changes so that we can uh not have to have a tenant again which was uh, not a fun experience for us it was necessary to pay the mortgage but being a landlord isn't really in my temperament i guess i will say or or ethical uh worldview <laughs> like so we've been trying to figure out how to make it work without that so maybe that will be a, a, a significant moment for that dina says can you talk about transiting moon's effects on planets hmm. and still a rendition says they are aquarius rising that makes sense so yes you'd have scorpio in the 10th house there dina the, the the transiting moon effects on planets so let's i'm going to pull up a chart again that's a good question so the way that I think of the moon, Dina, is I, so let's, uh, let's go back to the chart of the moment. So the moon is a planet that collects light. So it is, it is co both collecting and disseminating light. And in traditional astrology, you could think of the moon as the cylinder or the or the spikes on a music box cylinder this is the way i've always thought of the moon and you can think of the planets as the keys that it's striking so the moon will activate different planetary energies within a chart as it transits and within the the transiting sky it will it can also there are also uh, renaissance techniques where they would think of a planet like the moon collecting the light from one planet and transferring it to the next as it as it you know moves from one aspect to the to the next so like here's an example let's see the next aspect that we have in the sky here is to venus i think right so we have oh, the next traditional aspect let's just think of it that way I don't I don't necessarily want to think about the outer planets with this because generally the outer planets aren't visible so they don't have light to collect <laughs> so so this technique I think works better with visible planets so let's say the the last aspect that we experienced with the moon if I'm seeing this correctly is the trine from the moon to mercury and it is taking and carrying that light from mercury to venus so there there potentially today we could be feeling the collection of 
the the mercurial light from the moon's contact with mercury and then bringing it into contact with venus so let's say in this aquarius rising chart this is a special shout out to stellar rendition here maybe they had a experience related to a health issue or to a work issue or something like that where they had a communication with somebody an authority figure or something like that where eventually they will have to think about a shared resource or uh, potentially like something related to to death or inheritances or something of that nature so that i believe that's called a, a transfer of light um so I could be mistaken on that but i believe that's the term it's transference of light yeah so think about it carrying the energy of a planet to another planet but also just activating a planet's energy and significations as well okay so like like that music box cylinder um does that help dina uh it is it is a something that is bringing something also into the physical plane the moon is a is related to the body in traditional astrology and to fortune rather than the sun like the sun which would be related to the spirit or daimon right it's they they think about that as more the the intellectual or spiritual essence whereas the the moon is more about the physical presence and more about a random distribution of fate right and it moves very quickly too the other thing i would say is when you're looking at the moon and relating it to other planets you really do also have to consider the the lunar phase that you're going through also so for example this today we have a moon in cancer in a disseminating phase coming off of the full moon lunar eclipse so a disseminating phase is when we're when we are starting to get an understanding of the events that happened at the eclipse and we're having to integrate them into our consciousness and things like that so so basically like monday was close enough to the full moon lunar eclipse that i would say that it was still in the full moon phase so my my car accident for example on monday was probably a manifestation of that full moon eclipse type energy in an angular house and uh now as the moon is disseminating you're having to integrate the the results of that into your life like through communication with insurance agencies having to get your car fixed all these things so that it, it's important to think about that what phase the moon is in as well because if the moon is activating something at a new moon that's a seed that's planted if it's a full moon it's something that has ripened to and coming to fruition if it's a balsamic moon it's something that we're releasing so another way to think about that also. Okay, other questions. How you doing? How you doing out there? Everybody kind of having a a good Friday afternoon. Any other astrological questions? Chart questions? Sports questions? Gardening questions? Scorpio questions? I'm here to hang for a little bit longer. If people are curious. Let's see. I've got a little bit of a delay in the chat here, so it'll take me a little bit to get some feedback here. 
We'll see. Some pretty interesting astrology coming up in the next few weeks. So we've got that those oppositions with the Sun, Mercury, and Mars uh, in Scorpio to Taurus. Uh, we do the good news. The good here is the good news. The good news is that Venus is going to be moving into Libra soon. So our ability to negotiate peace and balance will be supported, even though Mars is still very, very strong in Scorpio. So to be able to deal with some of the challenging transits, the, the intensity, the crises, we may have to, to rely on our, our social milieu, our partners, our, our community members, our friends, and team up and band together. Those are, the, those are ways that we can work through some of these challenges. Another thing to pay attention to this f next few weeks is that Mercury is going to be moving into Sagittarius, and it's also going to be emerging as an evening star on the 15th of November and going out of bounds until the 14th of December. So Mercury in its exile in Sagittarius tends to get very declarative about their beliefs rather than asking questions. So be very careful about espousing an opinion rather than collecting and gathering multiple viewpoints. Um, it can be very good for, you know, sharing something that you truly believe in, but you have to do it within reason and understand that people are going to be just as equally passionate about their viewpoint as well around that period of time. Uh, Tarya, and, and, and when all of these planets start moving into Sagittarius, they're going to immediately start squaring Saturn. That's the other thing I didn't mention is we are in the middle of Saturn stationing uh, direct in this moment. It's going to be stationing direct tomorrow, uh, November the 4th, and we are feeling Saturn slowing down here today. So really pay attention to the Pisces area of your chart where there could be some ability to concretize a dream moving forward, uh, some reality checks as well in that area of your life, but also it's going to pull in topics from the Capricorn topic and the Aquarius topic because that those are the two signs that Saturn is hosting as it stations forward and direct. Tarius says, I like a lot of Mars and Scorpio. It was terrible when it was in Libra. It's going strong. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I agree with you. I, I would prefer it in Scorpio de depending on the contacts it makes in our charts. I do believe, for me personally, I get a little nervous when Mars is in Scorpio because I have Uranus in Scorpio. So activating Mars Uranus things in my chart isn't always fun. But if you don't have Uranus in Scorpio, it might not be something to worry about. So it, it all depends on how you are going to experience it based on what your personal chart is like and, and the other aspects that Mars is going to be making in the sky. We might not, we might really be excited about Mars and Scorpio if there wasn't opposition to Uranus this, this, uh, this month. So, you know, there's, but, but again, there's always going to be something in the sky and we've dealt with changes in the past and, and hopefully we'll be able to continue to deal with those moving forward. This is part of life. Every part of life isn't going to be fun, and we're going to build our character and our community, sometimes through challenging circumstances. Big Steph says, my youngest daughter turns 30 tomorrow. That 
means I turn 60 in a couple of weeks. Wow, wow. Happy birthday to your daughter, big stuff. And uh, happy 60 to you in a couple of weeks. Um, isn't it a privilege to be able to, to live for 60 years on this planet? Not everyone gets to do that. So something to be grateful for, for sure. Um, Michelle says, this, this will be my Venus return. Ooh, so Venus return in Libra or, or Virgo, late Virgo. Um, that's that would be a very auspicious Venus return if you, it's in Libra. That's cool. Tammy is here. Nice to see you, Tammy. How you doing, friend? Question. What are your thoughts on the Scorpio new moon on natal Neptune? Okay. Um, Tammy, I have your chart. Are you comfortable with me sharing your chart? And it's okay if you're not. I just want to ask permission uh, because it might be a good teaching teaching example. Um, if you're if you are comfortable with that, I'll wait a little bit and hear your response. But just general thoughts on the new moon uh, on natal Neptune. I'd have to understand which house it's in. I can't remember, Tammy, off the top of my head, uh, which house that would be for you. Um, but I think that this Scorpio new moon that's coming up is going to be in the final degrees of Scorpio, at 20 degrees of Scorpio, the third decan. Uh, it is going to be also, yeah, so Tammy's okay with it. So I'm going to pull up Tammy's chart, because Tammy is a, someone I've worked with before in the past. And um, I will show you, and then I'll be able to give you a much better understanding of that, just based on all the things that we're seeing here. And this is the type of work also that I also do when I'm doing um, when I'm doing transit readings for folks. So I will look at these moons on people's charts. So Tammy is a an, a Gemini rising. You can see her chart here, uh, May 28th, 1966, 7 a.m., Jefferson, North Carolina, if you're listening, uh, without the video. And Tammy's asking about a new moon on natal Neptune in the sixth house with Mars conjoining the south node. Um, so let's first thing we, I would do if I'm looking here, I'm going to see, is it, making any aspects to any other planets in the chart. Okay, this is, we want to see if there's other parts in the conversation here. Um, we do have sort of an opposition with Mars that's perfecting in the natal chart. This new moon is also opposing Uranus, okay, in the 12th house. So we have the Mars-Uranus opposition. So a couple of things, Tammy. Um, this new moon is in a decan that is related to the Seven of Cups. And the Seven of Cups oftentimes is interpreted by tarot readers as trying to separate fact from fiction and trying to make choices based on our desires. Oftentimes, this decan can be uh, one that is speaks to releasing it, something we may be addicted to as well. I've seen a lot of people with placements in these this particular deck in struggle with addiction and 
are, are really resilient though. There's a resiliency about this Tekken where we can come out on the other side of a challenge. Um, it is the, the, the Deccan where when we accept that an old form is no longer bringing us vitality or pleasure, pleasure in particular, because it's a Venus ruled Deccan, we are able to finally let it go and return it to the earth. Now you have a double whammy here, Tammy, with this activating your Neptune, which can also distort reality and have a dissolving type of experience. So there may be some kind of health challenge issue or work-related issue with the sixth house, okay, where you are making a new start, potentially trying to learn how to let go of a, an old form that you were hanging on to, okay? And Mars is going to be really powerful, hanging out with your south node, opposite Uranus. It also could be bringing in themes of a, a group that you are a part of as well. Okay. I could imagine that maybe this is something like if, if you have some friends that were maybe not the best influence potentially, that this could be the beginning of releasing some of them so that you can have a healthier life or lifestyle potentially. Uh, this, it, this could also be something where just some, so there's some challenging things that you're having to deal with that are not necessarily your fault either. The sixth house is the joy of Mars. We talked earlier about Mars being potential challenges that come to us or misfortunes that, that aren't, aren't necessarily our fault. It's a planet of malus tuke. And it takes the strength of character, the strength of Mars to overcome them. Um, so what I would say, Tammy, is that if a health challenge comes up, if something, if you're examining your habits, uh, don't be afraid to release the things that aren't serving you around this period of time. Even if it, it causes you to have to change your, the community that you're a part of as well. Um, if, there is a, if there is something in your life that you're hanging on to that at one time brought you joy and pleasure and vitality, but is no longer bringing you that, it's okay to let it go. What you're going to do is you're going to liberate energy to be able to move forward with your life that is with a life that is a reflection of who you are now, not who you were in the past. And that is a, an enormous gift. And this is where the, the faith comes in of the, the, the transformation and rebirth that we see associated with Scorpio. That transformation and rebirth is the faith to be able to die like the phoenix, right? To, to, to be able to uh, burn into ash and then rise again as a, as a beautiful, tiny baby phoenix. So I think that that's part of what's going on here. It may be the death of an illusion. It may be the death of a, of a habit. Maybe the death of um, something that you were pursuing that wasn't, wasn't good for you. Okay? Hope that helps. Um, how are you doing? Is that, does that resonate, Tammy? Any feedback or reflections with that? Um, it, sometimes I will say, when we do really specific delineations on the channel. Um, it's uh, the opportunity to have a restorative conversation that I would normally have in a reading is more limited. So wh what I will say is that if you do ask me these questions within a reading, there is a back and forth where we can 
uh, unearth these things and because I would I would I would hope to avoid especially when we're looking at maybe what could be a difficulty is I don't want to open up a, a nerve or a wound or something like that without giving you the tools to work through it so hopefully um, I brought some peace and solace today or some way mo moving forward and uh, without touching too closely on any nerves or anything of that nature okay all right, other questions? Luna Storm is here. Uh, says, stopping by to say hello. Uh, nice to see you, friend. Um, Michelle is talking about having Libra, Libra Venus return. That'll be fun. Julene is uh, experiencing the same um, new moon. Julene, is this happening on your on your Neptune as well? And, and did any of those themes resonate for you as well? It's, it'd be really fascinating to see people who are having multiple, uh, people with similar placements going through similar challenges. Uh, this is one thing we've been doing with the, um, with the Decamoc, is sharing our collective stories and seeing how it plays out in different lives. Tammy says, thanks, only addictions are coffee and ice cream. I could use a new start with health and work. Okay, good, Tammy. Good, good. And, you know, we have little pleasures here and there that, that uh, you know, I think we're allowed, right, within reason. And, uh, but yes, maybe with the sixth house, another manifestation of the sixth house, Tammy, if it's not an addiction or, or like a health issue or something like that, um, oftentimes the sixth house is about work that we do that is isn't um we're not getting a lot of credit for or that we're having to really labor away at and maybe this new moon here with mars conjoining your south node is helping you to let go of some of the burdens of your responsibilities where you are doing things for other people that where you're not really getting the right compensation or acknowledgement or things of that nature as well you know, and being able to increase your ability to rest and to, to have peace and solitude with the North Node in the 12th house there. So that could be part of it too, for sure. Um, uh, Dina says, Gen X people with Neptune in Scorpio. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the, what is that? Like early 70s, late 60s, Neptune, Scorpio, mid 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 70s. I'm a, Neptune Sag person, and uh, I'm 1980, so maybe it's maybe it's 60s and 70s because Neptune hangs out for like what 15 to 20 years often, right? Uh, Julene says yes. Neptune in the sixth, it is trying my Saturn in the tenth. I'm feeling physically stronger and working are really hard these days. Remaining hopeful, yeah. So Julene too, maybe this would be something to think about with. Maybe releasing some of the attachment to to the work too, um, and and or or asking yourself if the work is a reflection of who you are now, and is it still bringing you vitality? Okay, Mars in Scorpio, and Scorpio in general tends to hang on; it's fixed to the dying life force, and uh, and tries to eliminate any threats to that. So maybe on some level. If you have a sixth house new moon coming up 
with the Scorpio here. We may be hanging on too tightly to identification with work that isn't bringing us joy anymore. Maybe this is a, a start of acknowledging that and finally letting go. Mortal Wild is here. What's up, Carol? Says it's going to be conjunct my Lilith and Neptune in the 10th. Um, oh, yes, you're an Aquarius rising. So Lilith. Lilith isn't one I use a ton in my astrological practice. Um, if you have experiences with Lilith, I'm open to it. I just don't, don't have a lot of experience using Lilith. Black Moon Lilith, I guess you'd call it. Um, but that's sort of like a dark moon, right? Like a shadow lunar experience. But maybe for Carol, with that new moon in Scorpio in the 10th, maybe there's an attachment to uh, a, a public persona or role or job or career that need that isn't bringing you joy or vitality or support anymore and needs to be let go of. So that could be part of that journey for you, Carol. And we all go through these changes. It's and it's okay. Like it's okay to go through these changes. I've gone through many metamorphoses of my public persona, from being a music performer and teacher uh, to to being an astrologer to to whatever is happening in the next iteration of who I will become. Um, and it's okay to be to not have to be the same thing all the time, especially as we learn and and our. Uh, our wisdom changes in the world. Um, certain things that attracted us in the past sometimes lose that that attraction. And it doesn't mean that we are wrong in the past. It just means that we're different now. And it's okay to be different and to be fluid. In fact, it's when we accept those changes, that's when we're moving in alignment with the, with the Tao and the divine plan and with the, the currents of our lives. When we resist, we often cause suffering for ourselves mostly and for other people. Tracy Gorman is here. It says Neptune in Scorpio on my second natal eight sixteen sixty eight. Okay, let me. So Tracy is going through that new moon um, in the second house, maybe releasing attachment to to ways of supporting yourself, and maybe having to get real about your budget or something of that as nature as well, Tracy, anything, anything happening with your financial life where you're having to make some changes with that death and rebirth type things. Uh, Julian says, meant to say working out like at the gym. Oh, okay. Let me see. Feeling stronger and working out really hard these days, remaining hopeful. Good. Well, Julian, don't, don't overdo it. Okay, like, it's good. Exercise is awesome. Just make sure you pace yourself and take good care of yourself, friend. Um, Carol says, I, I'll be, oh, and it'll be trining, transiting Neptune, which is on my lot of fortune. Okay, so, so uh, Neptune is that planet that dissolves physical attachments. Um, there's some significations about illusion versus reality, so... It's important to, to 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 dream, but also to be realistic about what, where we're pursuing with Neptune transits also. Dina says, Neptune in Scorpio looks like the Seven of Cups tarot card. Yeah, yeah, very similar, very similar energies. That's why this is a, it's interesting this, to see that almost like a double signification. I had a, there was an astrologer I met at the United Astrology Conference many years ago, 
now it feels like 2018. It wasn't that long ago, but he gave me some advice as a new newer uh, astrologer in the community at that point is always look for multiple testimonies. And I took that advice to heart. And oftentimes when we look at things through the lens of different techniques, like traditional astrologers, hardcore traditional astrologers wouldn't even look at the, the outer planets like Neptune, Pluto, and Uranus. Um, but sometimes we'll see similar things reflected in the themes of those planets and in traditional astrology. So, so we can see something reflected in the decans of, of Scorpio 3, and then maybe it being echoed in, in Neptune as well. So I, 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 like, I like that connection that you're making there. Uh, Carol says, in my 10th house, the times my public person became known were worldwide was with my Lilith-type characters. Yeah, and you, I, I, I'm familiar with your some of your public persona, Carol. You have kind of like a gothy gothy vibe right which is which i guess will be reflected in that black moon lilith which is pretty cool I, you got some good style I, I i i believe carol owned a um secondhand store in england and um has a really good fashion sense so that definitely would reflect that lilith energy for sure um dawn says good afternoon hope you're all managing this crazy eclipse energy well yeah we're we're, we're trying dawn um Lots, lots going on. How has the eclipse been working out for all of you? This definitely we're coming out of the eclipse portal right now, and kind of seeing how those these changes have been taking place. Prudence is here. Nice to see you, Prudence. Uh, Michelle says the eclipse just happened to bring a new romance for me after nine years alone. Not sure it will last, but fun. Ooh, Michelle, that's exciting. Um, yeah, we'll see. So that was in your 11th and 5th house, 5th house of romance, right? And pleasure. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, good luck on that, Michelle. I hope it works out for you. Um, Dawn's thinking of getting a divorce. Oh, my goodness. So many changes, so many twists and turns of the Wheel of Fortune today in the chat. Tracy says, I've recently moved. I'm still finding my footing. Everything has changed. Ooh, yes. A lot of changes for eclipse season, for sure. And some of it just feels faded, right? I mean, that's um, it's one of those things where eclipses kind of work on us. We don't, we don't always, uh, we're not always proactive during eclipses. Sometimes things just happen to us, and then we have to deal with those reper repercussions. Okay. Yeah, and Don, sorry to hear about the, the challenges. 32 years in the making, it says, finally reaching ahead. Yeah, sometimes... Sometimes relationships outlive their, you know, their vitality. Sometimes their uh, what worked for one party in the past no longer brings us joy, and, and that that's okay too. This is where you get to that conscious uncoupling type of thing, where we're all in flux and we're all changing, and sometimes we change in directions that are complementary, and other times we don't. And it's sometimes it's not one or the other's fault. It's just just life and unfortunate when it happens um, and painful but maybe through going through that process Don you're able to liberate that energy to find a partner and your partner is being liberated to find a partner that may be more in, in alignment with who they are now and it doesn't mean either one of you is is wrong or whatnot it just means that you're changing and and that's that's okay um 
Prudence says, hope that the next chapter is much happier for you, Don. Yeah, we, we all send you love and light through this transition, Don. Okay, Don says, Chris Brennan called Sunday a day of messages and don't shoot the messenger. Um, and hold on, I'm trying to see this. And buddy, there was a lot of fireworks that day. Yeah, I, I hear that. Um, there's a, just just an intensity to Scorpio season, especially with Mars here. It's it's easy to fall into conflict. Like Mars is a powerful warrior in Scorpio, so sometimes our, our conflicts can be even more intense. Um, so if you do get into an argument, just try to try to take a time out if you can before things get too hairy. And um, make sure if you are getting into disagreements that everyone's pl playing above board, I think I will say, and maintain our, our integrity throughout these changes. It's a lot easier to, to go through these changes when we uh, maintain our center. Okay. Any other questions, comments, or reflections? Might have a few more minutes here. It's been always a pleasure spending time with all of you. If you could do me a huge favor and like this video and uh, subscribe to the channel, that would that would be a wonderful blessing. Um, if you'd like to make a material donation to the work that I'm doing here today, uh, you can hit the little dollar sign in the chat, or you can donate at buymeacoffee.com after the fact, or there's this, a super sticker after the fact that you can do on YouTube as well. Always appreciate all of that. Also, uh, Don says, this Mars is my natal placement. Says, I'm good. He just likes to try to get violent. Oh my goodness, Don. Only fear for my daughter, this double Sag would lay, <laughs> would lay him out. Oh my goodness, Don. Oh, Don. Um, I will say this, friends. As, as an astrologer, I, I come into contact with a lot of trauma and a lot of really difficult situations. At the end of the day, people seek out an astrologer often when they have really tried everything else and they have no other recourse. And because we can see into the heart of a soul or someone's life through the chart very quickly, we will often go very deep into challenges within a reading. And the one deal breaker that I often see in relationships is domestic violence. So if this is something that you deal with, um, I hope that you're able to find the resources that you need to to deal with that challenge and to get to get out and to be supported. Um, I find that if you experience that within a relationship, it is very hard to come back from that type of experience. So um, I'm praying for you, Don, and I hope that you're able to get the help that you need and that you're in a safe space and um, that you're able to to go through this transition um, with grace and in and safety. And don't hesitate to reach out for the resources that you need to 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 get you out of a violent situation. That's never okay. 
Uh, and thanks so much for the super sticker friend. It, it means a lot to me that you're able to support the channel. And, and again, we're, we're all here for you and support you and, and make sure that you are, your safety and your daughter's safety come first. Carolyn is here. Nice to see you, friend. Thank you for the nice comment here. Uh, Rachel says, thank you. Thank you, Spencer, for your time and wisdom as always. Really appreciate the company tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I love spending time with you. I appreciate the company as well. So love being able to interact with all of you all around the world. Big Steph says, thank you, Spencer. I'll try to keep my weirdness on the live chat, but I always listen. Oh, no, no worries. We're all we're all various flavors of weird here, Big Steph, so don't, don't worry about it. Um, yes, Michelle says, oh, no, Don, I hate to hear that. Please protect yourself. Absolutely. Share that sentiment, Don. Don says, amen. I can't handle it. I grew up with that. It really just scares me for my daughter. I can't leave her to have spend time unsupervised. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Don, de definitely seems like a point of no return, and oftentimes eclipses will show us that. So th there are many issues that can get worked out in relationships, but um, physical violence often is it portends uh, and it's irreparable damage. So, Don, I hope that you're able, like I said, you're, that you're able to get to the safe space that you need, and that um, you have the the courage and strength to to move forward because you deserve better. Okay, well, friends, I think we are coming to the close of our time here today. If you have any last minute questions, I'll hang on for a little bit here. But I really do appreciate spending the time with you. Um, I love all the comments here. I love the, the, the space that we get to share and hold for one another. Uh, appreciate all of your honesty uh, and vulnerability when it comes to sharing your lives and your charts. That's really helpful. For see when when we see other people going through things and and we can talk about it and shine light on it, it really helps us to put our group mind towards it and find empathy for each other and for ourselves in what might be a similar situation. When you when you share your vulnerability, you are helping someone else who might be going through a, a similar situation and giving them the strength to potentially work through that challenge as well. So it's always a gift when people are vulnerable on the channel and um, appreciate all of you. Okay. Michelle says, Spencer, thank you. And please take best care of yourself and heal up. Sending love. Thanks, Michelle. And thank you, Dawn and Luna Storm. Um, go see Hawks, Luna Storm says. Yeah, I, Luna, Luna Storm, I've been using the Seahawks defense on my fantasy football team. But I'm sitting them this week against Baltimore because Baltimore has been pretty hot lately. But but I digress. Um, but yes, if you if you can lighten the mood this weekend by doing something fun, it, it's 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 nice to have some little diversions. So again, appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for being here with me today and for for every week. And those of you who continue to to participate, it's really quite a blessing to have such a, a committed and uh, supportive community. So this week, hang in there. Uh, we'll see you again, I believe. What are we going to do next week? I think next week we're going to be talking about the the new moon. So we'll talk about the new moon in Scorpio next week in our live stream and uh, try to work that out as a group and as a collective. We did a little bit of that today. 
Oh, thanks, Jolene, for the super chat. Appreciate you, friend. Um, and uh, just just go easy today. Be kind. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to one another. Remember, we we t- we've talked about the difference between kindness and being nice. Uh, kindness does not necessarily mean that we let people uh, overstep our boundaries. Kindness means that we stay within our integrity, even in difficult situations. So it is easier when we are practicing kindness to one another. And I hope that we're we're modeling that here today and that we're encouraging each other to be strong in our sensitivity. So, uh, yes, Stella says, let's take a salt, salt bath would help, right? Like, uh, yeah, clear the energy out. I always do salt baths around the eclipse so that the eclipse doesn't stick to me. And maybe, maybe the little ritual we did to... Um, to Rahu maybe protected us during the the challenges of that eclipse and our our car accident that we went through. So uh, salt is very purifying and cleansing. So that's a, that is great advice. All right, friends, that's what I've got for you today. It's always wonderful to hang out with you, and um, I will see you the next time. Okay, have a good one. Hang in there, rest up, and um, be good to one another. Peace, friends.